0: You are listening to Adjective New Music's podcast, Lexical Tones. I'm your host, Rob McClure. Responsive, restrained, intimate. Dubbed Houston's Queen of Curious Locations, Lydia Hance is the executive and artistic director of Frame Dance Productions. She has been named an emerging leader by Dance USA and has led Frame Dance in performances from the Galveston Pier onto the Metro Light Rail in the backs of U Haul trucks downtown tunnels and into museums stages and warehouses throughout texas for the past six years a champion of new music composers her work deepens interdisciplinary and multi-generational collaborations and investigates the placement of dance in our lives she is a choreographer curator filmmaker educator and dance writer originally from the california bay area to view videos of her work online please go to framedance.org So Lydia, Rob, you're a dancer and a choreographer, actually our first non-musician that we've ever had on, which I'm extremely excited about because one of my favorite things is getting together with other artists from other disciplines and actually, and talking about ideas. And this is something that we do, well, we've done quite, quite often actually in our past, but I actually don't think I know like I know you, but I don't know your story. Okay. You know what I mean? I so, do. when did you start dancing? When did you start uh making choreography?
1: I started dancing when I was 7 and went to a really strict classical ballet school. Um and that was really all I knew. And uh, high school, uh I paired up my training. I went to a uh, pretty artsy high school, and so I was introduced to uh, contemporary dance and postmodern dance, and um, it was like this whole other world that um, completely surprised me. I I just I was that girl in a bun and a black leotard and pink tights, and um, obsessed with getting point shoes. And um, so it was in high school that I started doing a little bit more modern dance and was just, I, I, I realized that there was more to life than ballet, which was a huge relief to me. Well, it was, it was kind Uh, of a, uh, it was kind of a, it was kind of both. I mean, I loved, I just was kind of in love with ballet at that point, but um, I was certainly curious and uh, in high school, um, as kind of an independent study project, they allowed me to put on a full concert of all of my choreography, and it was then that I got to work with my peers who did the lighting design, and my boyfriend who played the music, and... Um... Ooh, let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what did he... Was it just like acoustic uh, guitar or something? No,
1: it was not. It was the cello.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm
1: uh did he
0: write all the music or oh, was he playing like
1: no if he was playing bach
0: <laughs> oh okay all right yeah. bach and modern dance always a winner <laughs>
1: it's always a winner you can't get wrong <laughs> um and i just loved that i loved um the idea of creating something that was um, pretty long and um could develop over time i loved bringing in my peers who are my friends and and getting to work on something together. That was probably one of the most, um, fun things that I got to do in high school. And then, you know, getting to work with dancers and, um, being in the studio with, with my friends. So that was really kind of pivotal for me. Um, then I went to, um, college and I was kind of back in that super classical, very oppressive environment. Um, where did you go to college? Uh, SMU in Dallas. Uh, they have a very
0: sorry it, the, Southern Methodist Southern Methodist
1: University. There are,
0: of, University. There, are a, there are a lot of schools with those. Oh uh, anyway. yeah,
1: I forget that maybe there are people listening who are not from Texas. Right. <laughs> yeah, Sorry about that. Yes, Southern Methodist University. Uh, it was a Graham based program Graham uh martha Graham and ballet and there was jazz too so i mean they really were training us to be uh dancers to be professional dancers and we we would have a production class here and a a laban notation class here and a pedagogy class there and some dance history but it really was for the purpose of training us to be dancers we did get a chance to uh, choreograph um for performance there which which i did and um I loved that. That was probably the best part of the whole program for me. Um, and then also the projects that I took on outside of the department, um, because I kind of liked to do my own thing. And I, I really did feel there, like they were trying to chisel me down to be a specific dancer. Mm. And I didn't really like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, I, um, I really liked Houston, and so I came down to Houston and worked with some choreographers here and found myself increasingly frustrated by the rehearsal process uh, because I just ached to be involved in the choreography and to have a voice um, in the creation process more than just being the tool that was being used, uh, which was a huge shift because there was certainly a time when I thought to myself, why would I ever want to choreograph when I could be dancing on the stage and performing? <laughs> and honestly, right now, I'm like, why would I be on the stage when I could be choreographing? So it was right, yeah. really uh, a major shift.
0: What is it about specifically modern dance that, that you are more drawn to as, opposed to as opposed to ballet or jazz or any other type of dance?
1: Hmm. I think the, uh, the play of energy with the body, it's not as prescribed or, um, I feel like there's just a little bit more room to experiment with the, the energy that the body um, takes in and puts out. I think that the idea of weight is interesting. I mean, ballet, it's like, you are taught to be Light and women are right. supposed to be, you know, these little sylphs or fairies, these perfect, these perfect embodiments of of women. And with modern dance, you're really taught your weight and your your body has substance, and and that's important for the movement quality. Um, it's important for um, what you are trying to do. Um, I don't like. I don't like point. <laughs> I I like being barefoot. Um, I think that there's a a little bit more investigation for me in creating in creating movement, and there really aren't very many rules I would say as to what contemporary dance could be. So the the landscape is a little bit more vast.
0: It seems like modern dance has it's just more. I mean, just as a as an outsider looking in, it just seems more raw. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And that,
0: and that's the thing that, that I love about it actually is, is that even, even when you do have a sequence or an, or an entire piece that is choreographed to the T, there's still, you know, that rawness about it, that almost imprecision Mm -hmm. that gives it a quality. That's just attractive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's 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 more human. It's it's more real. I think it's it's more interesting to watch something that might be a glimpse of of reality of of humanity than right. than it is to 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 cover that up and and see some um, attempt at perfection. Not right. that not that we're not striving for perfection in modern dance. That's not it. Um,
0: the, but maybe the definition of perfection is just different. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a little, I mean, it's a little bit wider, you know, if it's, it's not necessarily maybe the technique that is perfect, but the, the energy or the quality that's perfect. Mm
1: -hmm. Is that fair? I think that is fair. Yeah. Um, And also a lot of it has to do with just your body type. I mean, the, the ballet body is very, 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 very specific and you see all sorts of bodies moving in, in in modern dance, which is more interesting?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I should I I should say that I I'm not exactly an outsider looking in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did I did a company uh, as a percussionist for modern dance when mm-hmm. I was in Arizona, and actually, that's how we met.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> Originally, you were you were guest at the Rice Dance Theater, a guest um, uh, teacher or instructor for the day and i think you came in a couple times like i remember i remember accompanying for you a couple times
1: yeah i remember the first day that we met you were really sick you were like i was oh yeah you were like sniffling all over the place <laughs> <laughs>
0: well <laughs> sorry did i play well at least oh
1: you played really well i loved it yes
0: when when you are setting a new piece how do you approach music like what are the kinds of things that you're drawn to or that you listen for in, in music?
1: Mm. That's a really good question. I've been thinking about that because for me it's instinct, but I, I do really want to know more about what, where that comes from. Um, I think I, I want something that challenges me. I want, I want, mm. I want to listen to something and be like, Oh my gosh, what would I, what, what am I going to do with that? Um, and, and feel excited about it. I think, there's usually a spacious quality to the music that I work with, um, and then there, there's also something about certain sounds and instruments being the right, like the right scale for a body to move. Um, mm, that's like, interesting. Like, sometimes you know, music can be too loud or too vigorous where where a body could not keep up and so the mm-hmm. you know body would just look weak compared to the music. Um, I don't think that usually happens on the other end. I don't I don't usually think, oh that music's too small or too light or too delicate for a body. Usually it's the other way around. Too many instruments, too overpowering. Or 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 I would need 24 dancers in order to right. match that energy. So I, I, I think I'm looking for a an energetic match, something that is spacious. Um, And also something, I don't know, this might, I don't know if this is a really strange way to describe it, but I think something that's maybe not too bossy you know like I mean some
0: okay un- unpack that a little <laughs> okay
1: some music I'm like that is that should stand alone like I don't I don't necessarily know that a, a dance would augment that um right it has
0: it. it has too much of a personality in itself yes yeah yeah I mean there are definitely pieces like that and then and then I think there are also definitely pieces that you know, they're, well, I guess they're, it goes along the same lines, but they're so, like, they have such a strong rhythmic character that's like, you, y- you are immediately pigeonholed into this uh, specific type of dance or something. And for, I mean, that might work for some people, but, but I think you're, just based on what I have, you know, what I know of you having worked with you, you need, it's not that you need, but you, like to be an equal partner with the music right the dance should be an equal partner with the music
1: right right i, I think a lot of modern dance stereotypically is like set to some just soundscape you know and and it's like it,
0: or an adele song or an adele or, so-
1: yeah right <laughs> like you know you anything anything could, could could be slapped on top of that um right but I think there, yes, I, I I want to hear something and be like, OK, I can I can meet I can meet that music where it is. Um, and and it and it's it it's asking for something um, specific.
0: Right. And I mean, the thing that is so that impresses me about you, actually, is that. Well, I don't I don't know. Have you have you set something to an Adele song no. or you know, something like that? <laughs> Never. Okay. So I mean, with, with so many so many other choreographers and modern dancers do like doing stuff like that, what is it for you that you needed to seek out new music or not not necessarily new music, but just not like something that you that you hear hear every day? Because I mean, you started a composition competition mm-hmm. i mean you know we we met as uh, as uh in, in the rice dance theater but that's how we really got to know each other was from that competition so like what what is it about like why why do you why are you so drawn to to new music
1: um and is your first part of the question as opposed to like popular music or, yeah, I think so, because,
0: a, I mean, you know, when, uh, like, I, I have worked with other choreographers, and some of them, some of them were really cool, you know, they they had, like, very, uh, very good taste in new music, and then some of them are like, oh, you know, I want it to be like this song, mm-hmm. or, you know, I want it to have, like, it needs to have, it needs to have something on two and four,
1: mm.
0: or, you know, something like that, so it's like, and yeah, I don't think you have that.
1: Right. Yeah. I I want, um, I want to be led somewhere. I, I am responsive in the way that I create. And so at least when I'm working with a piece that has already been composed, I, I, I look at it like this, like this, like this puzzle or this something that I don't know that I can maneuver my way through knowing that because it is something that is new, um, my Choreography will be something that is new. I mean, not. I guess I am a little bit looking for a, ch- a challenge and mm. and something that will push me into into making different different choreographic decisions instead of falling into the same thing. Um,
0: so, when did you start the uh, composition competition?
1: Um, I think in twenty ten. Has it been? I think so. Twenty ten wow. or twenty twenty twelve oh gosh, I don't
0: know. Well, 20, uh, in 2012, Charlie, okay, so 20, uh, Charles 20, Halko won.
1: 2011.
0: 2011, yeah. okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, Charlie was 2012, I was 2013, and then from, I don't know, there have been, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I haven't kept up with it since, I mean, I have, but <laughs> I, I can't name them off the top That's of my head. That's
1: okay. Yeah. No, we have had um, quite a few composers that we've worked with, and it's each you know and, and each one kind of wants to work with me in a different way which is also fun for me some some composers are like oh well send me some pictures and i i want to see it at the end and other composers are like let's skype let's talk about this let's um you know i think that they're they want me to be interested in their music and they and they want me to know more about it than just what i'm hearing and about their process which is the most fun for me because i'm Always trying to figure out ways to like shake up my process and and, and I learn so much from composers and, and how and how you guys write music um, that I'm sometimes trying to pick some of those ideas and, and see how I can uh, change them and um, make them work for dance creation
0: mm mm-hmm. I mean a lot of a lot of my own work is inspired by or, or takes information directly from from something else. Maybe it's science. Maybe it's, maybe it's something visual. Maybe it's something textural. I mean, you, you were kind of touching on this, but do you, do you move between mediums when you're, when you're developing movement or, or is movement and shape just inspired by visual stimuli?
1: Hmm. Yes. It depends on the piece. Uh, like this, this, this one piece that we did last year, it sounded to me like um like birds flocking and and in other ways it kind of sounded like um fabric kind of folding on top of each other or on top of itself and so this is i think sometimes i have to like keep things kind of funny for myself because you know it can get so serious so what i did was i looked up youtube videos on two different things uh one was i looked up youtube on on weaving and on how a loom works and so i made the dancers kind of like jump around and 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 create i I broke down each each function um each step of 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 the weaving process and then i made the dancers kind of physicalize that and, and 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 it grew from there and then i um watched this lecture on this man talking about how airplanes Fly and I didn't really listen to what he was saying, but I stole all of his, um, all of his. Well, I did listen to what he was saying, but that wasn't important to what I was doing, right? (laughs) I I stole his his gestures from how he when he was talking and about flight and about an airplane, like his hand gestures, his hand gestures, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I just sat there and watched this like really nerdy guy talking about airplanes and the flight and 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 I just like learned his really <laughs> dorky hand motions and the piece turned out to have these like really really bizarre specific angular um hand motions uh, and then I so I lined those out. It was like 32 different things, thir- 32 or even maybe more, um, gestures that the dancers had to learn. And then I, um, and I, I, choreographed the, the, the body minus the arms. And then I, I made them put them together, which was very hard. What, which
0: piece was that?
1: Well, that was the, um, um, that was, uh, G- Gabriel Bolaños and the, gu- uh-huh. the the guitar piece, um, right. right or right. Ouroboros miniatures. Uh, So that's kind of how I came up with that. So, um, and you know, some other pieces, I really am inspired by color and texture. Um, I, I think that I, I, I hear something or I see something visual before I even start, creating movement. I'm, I'm very bad postmodern choreographer because I don't start with movement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yvonne Rayner would be like really mad at me. I think, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do prefer like my natural place to be is to be led by, led by another inspiration. Um, right. Which made it challenging when I was working with, um, Charlie, um, we did a piece where uh, I think in the beginning we were both kind of like, so you make something first. No, you make something first. No, you make something first.
0: (laughs) That's really interesting. And I was going to ask you about this anyway, because we talked about that piece on on Charlie's podcast.
1: Uh Oh, did he say the same thing?
0: Well, no, I mean, just like, you'll you'll hear what he gets to say, what he has to say, but I'm interested in what you have to say. Yeah. So... (laughs)
1: Well, I... Th-
0: so the piece we're talking about is is called To the Brim. And it's for a uh, solo violin and three dancers.
1: Yes. And the idea was that the, the violinist responds to the dancers and the dancers are also responding to the violinist at different times. And so it's kind of this codependent, um, symbiotic development. And... Uh, yeah, at the beginning of that piece, I, th- I think we were both kind of waiting for each other to to just put something out there. And I think finally he won because I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I made something. F- no, I don't know. Did he tell you? I can't remember. He, w- he
0: waited you out the longest. I
1: think he might have waited me out the longest. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Sorry, Charlie, if I'm lying. This is just my memory. <laughs> um, so... And then he created movement or music to that. And then I went back. It was kind of a, a little bit of a back and forth until we had right. had the full piece. Uh, And that was really hard for me because it means I have to come up with the movement, I have to come up with the tempo, I have to come up with the dynamics, I have to come up with everything. Whereas, you know, when I have something to go from, I just have to make fewer decisions.
0: (laughs) So way to go, Charlie. Yeah,
1: thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really hoping I I remember that correctly or else I'm just throwing him (laughs) under the bus. Whatever. Yeah, he's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) one um i want to talk about another another piece of yours that um that another composer that i've interviewed uh has has done with you and it's um quiver with you and and mark hirsch and it's one of my favorite pieces of yours still um even i mean i i think i like it even more than like the pieces that we've done together. You know, like I just I it's it's so good for me. And I love our pieces that we've done together, but Quiver is just I love it a lot. Thank you. And it's a video piece um using uh four dancers and then Mark's music. And I think it was I think it might have been the second thing of yours that I ever saw. And I think the first was Charlie's other than you know just just working with you at Rice Dance Theater. Um and with Quiver Something I've always admired about that piece is actually the editing. Um I know that might be a weird thing to say, but um you give you give the dance a quality that is that's almost impossible in live performance because you often cut two movements together before the first has finished. You know, mm-hmm. if someone is in motion, you kind of cut while they're still in motion Mm -hmm. and we're, we're the the viewer we're kind of left imagining how that movement will end and it gives the piece kind of a breathless quality and that's juxtaposed against a score from mark i mean you know we we had mark on and we talked we uh did several of um talked about several of his pieces and you know mark's music i think he described his own music as slow spacious and quiet mm. which it is it i is. mean and and quiver is quiver is no exception so his music kind of has the rhythm of meditation whereas the the way you've edited the dance together has the rhythm of you know constantly trying to catch your breath mm. and i think that's a really interesting juxt- juxtaposition mm. and You've done you've done several pieces for for dance and film. I mean, can you talk about how how dance on film contrasts from your regular live choreography?
1: Sure. The I think the reason that I'm drawn to working on film is uh one is the environment. I a while ago grew very weary of the, of the black box theater (laughs) and I just love uh, being informed by environments. And so naturally I can, uh, it's a lot easier to create a film in a, in a a non-theater space and then bring it to to a place where people can, can gather. Um, I made a film that was a a couple of very, very short films that were, um, that were in a clawfoot bathtub and, you know, I can't really have an audience there, you know? So I think that's definitely something that draws me to film as well as the, the closeness and the intimacy of, of the, the viewer and the dancer and how, how close we can get to the, to certain body parts and, and the, and the cropping that you can do and, and how close you can get, Um, which, which happens. It's, in- almost,
0: it's almost like you're, choreographing for a, like a new set of muscles mm.
1: yeah. you know you
0: have to like is, is that what you do you 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 were you know because you can get close like I'm thinking of Quiver um, and one of my favorite scene or one of my favorite shots in that is towards the end and it's just um, one of the dancers hands maybe on her like her upper <laughs> chest or like around her neck or something like that it's just a beautiful shot yeah. And I mean, if you were sitting in an audience in a, you know, 300, 300 person theater, you wouldn't get that. Right. You wouldn't see that.
1: Right. That, that piece was really made with my fascination of like the clavicle and the scapula yeah. and, and how vulnerable that, that, that part of the body is and, and, and and the small, how micro that movement can be. It's it's not an, a limb. It's not the body being thrown across the stage. It's it's so small, but it, it just there's so much to be said for the the protection that that scapula provides for your organs and and for your and for your lungs and um, and then that's the the clavicle is um, such an indicator of. I think emotional well-being um you know the clavicle is closed when you're sad or you're fearful and um, I wanted to make those small spaces really really big on the screen and 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 look at look at those you know I think that when you're you're talking about Mark's music being spacious and um, kind of like the um, calm or meditative um, yeah. and and the juxtaposition of the, of the cuts and i think it I think it was my own yearning for finding space and uh peace in the body and um and, and, and an opening of the, of the physical self and the in the clavicle and the emotional self maybe too so maybe Mark's music is the fulfillment of what it is that is never quite achieved in the film um yeah, I was definitely going for this anticipation, this never no point of rest. And Yeah.
0: Yeah, no point of rest and no like no I mean if we're talking just in musical terms, no cadence. You're always avoiding, you know, the the goal with the movement. And that, you know, that was just so that was so striking. I remember I was there the night you guys premiered that film and i immediately walked up to you and i said this is what i love about this film you know yeah. like I, ha- I, I i it was so it was so striking even in even in the moment like it didn't it didn't require um me to sit and think about it for for a long long time it was just so it was so clear that i mean for me I mean that was something that I geared in towards, and that that's something that I still love about that piece. And I mean I love Mark's music too, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know it's 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 easy to like that piece.
1: And the other thing that I will say about Mark's music in that is that even when I watch it, I mean three plus years later, every once in a while I'll I'll watch it. There is something else that he's done with the music that I didn't notice before. Like it, it just, yeah. it's pretty great. <laughs>
0: So, if you want to actually see these pieces and not just hear us talk about them, which you should definitely go see them, is you need to go to framedance what is it? framedance.org.
1: .org. Mm-hmm. And yes, click and then org. just click on videos.
0: Or if you are already on it, go to Vimeo and look up Frame Dance Productions.
1: That's true. Not everything's on there, but a lot of stuff's on there.
0: Yeah. It's good stuff. Um I mean, we've done We've done three pieces together so far. Uh, two of them were in that fairly traditional manner where, you know, the music is already done, I hand it over to you, and then you, you choreograph to that music. One of them, <laughs> however, and um, this is our latest piece called Drift, was done completely differently because the music was one th- thousand percent controlled aleatory so you never even heard what the piece could sound like until a month before the show
1: yeah I kind of wanted to strangle you
0: (laughs) I know I know (laughs) (laughs) I know you did um and we had been working on this for a year or more
1: yeah I think that's right yeah
0: (laughs) yeah we totally were Um, so you wanted, yeah, you wanted to strangle me. I mean, what, what was that, what was that like for you? Because you were kind of, it wasn't that you were creating movement in a vacuum because we, we taught, I mean, we had like a, you know, at the end, it was almost like a weekly Skype call just Mm -hmm. to, just to talk about ideas and, you know, get, get the, the form and the structure and you know, all the, all the tiny ideas, you know, how the movement could relate to the music. But so we talked about it a lot, but at the end of the day, you still were creating movement without really hearing what the music was like.
1: Right. We talked about what it would sound like. You would just, you did a great job of describing it, but still I, I had no idea. Um, the energy, you definitely talked about that. I, I, I think one of the most challenging parts for me was to convey a sense of confidence to the dancers. Um, because in the end of the day, I'm not the one on the stage. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: this is maybe
1: what you're going to hear. Right, exactly. Kind of? <laughs> they're like, okay. <laughs> um, and And, you know, they're, they're, excellent and very smart and 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 open to that kind of thing or else they wouldn't be dancing with me. But um that was definitely I had to kind of like fake confidence. Not that I wasn't confident that it would come out, but I didn't I also had no idea what it was gonna be like. And um Yeah me either. Right. Yeah that was the fun of it. <laughs> that was the thing. Yeah. Like
0: I I mean I've never I've never done a piece like that where I I did not know what 90 percent of it would sound like because the the piece is for string quartet and it uses this software uh program developed by another composer another friend of mine who uh we were at rice at the same time and then he's since moved to new york and is just freelancing out there his name is drake anderson and the uh the software is called indra and basically what it does is if you're a composer and you like to write aleatoric music usually what happens is you have these cells of stuff that the people can play and then pages of instructions it's almost like creating a game you know if that then this if that then this um and what this program does is it completely takes away all those instructions and gives the power over to a computer and you the composer can control somewhat you know you can control the big uh the the big ideas of the piece in real time but then those the the, the stuff that the musicians actually play is algorithmically determined and then it that is sent to screens that the players are looking at so I I mean I de- you know of course I developed all the gestures for this piece but how they would be put together in the end I did not know mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I I knew to an extent but like the sound of the piece was something that just wasn't wasn't there until uh, you know we really started working with uh the Axiom String Quartet the week of. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, that's not totally true, but yes. I mean, didn't we? No.
0: We had we had a rehearsal a month before,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the program did not work <laughs> the way it was <laughs> supposed to. Like, that last month was just me debugging uh-huh. and, and trying to get it to work. Even the day before the first show, it was still debugging, debugging. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very interesting to me and um so we did this we did this piece at the um at the Asia Society in Houston and you were really struck by um you were really struck by the outdoor elements uh what w- what's the name of the space that we used uh,
1: it's the something education room i i mean they they said oh so i so you know when i when i was first talking when we, we were when we were both um talking to them about this in the beginning they were like, Okay so you'll want to do this in the theater. I was like, mm, no, oh. I really don't want to do it in the theater um, so it did provide a little bit more work um, production wise to haul all the lighting equipment uh We didn't end up laying a Marley floor, but, you know, chairs and risers to create our own theater experience. But the reason I wanted to use that space is because it had this beautiful, almost seamless glass wall out.
0: I thought we did lay a Marley floor.
1: No, they, they, there was, there was a back and forth. And actually, it's something that I kind of regret in retrospect, because... When I was in the moment, I really wanted the aesthetic of that of that light wood floor with that sheen and that glass window with the um, with a garden behind it that was you had this sort of slow ascent. Um, But I think, as a responsible artistic director, I should have laid the floor. I think it would have been better for the dancers. but you know you 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 learn and <laughs> you move forward so it was
0: it was that outside element that actually we we didn't even think we were going to use until the week we got there and moved into the space mm-hmm. yeah and then you were like hey rob i need six more minutes of music <laughs>
1: oh yeah i forgot about that
0: <laughs> and i you know i'd been working for like months to try and get the program to do exactly what it was supposed to do at the exact time it was supposed to do and it's like oh i need six more minutes at the beginning <laughs> well was that hard and i was
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that was the moment where i was like you know sometimes having just having a few things and having that page of instructions isn't a terrible idea <laughs> oh yeah
1: but aren't you glad we did it
0: I'm so glad we did it because that's actually that's one of my favorite parts of the piece. Mm-hmm. Um is is that is that opening where the dancers come from outside and it's just it's very dark and you know the music is only I only gave each uh player three notes and three different ways they could play them. And that's it. And I I mean I mean I I do truly like the other, you know, the other parts of the piece and and some of the parts are kind of like that opening just by themselves but i don't know there was something there was something really really magical about about that particular sound with that scene with that motion coming from outside to inside it, would, it just worked i yeah.
1: thought uh, yeah I, I i liked it too i'm glad we did it uh, there there was something about the dancers being outside being so separated from the sound you know the the audience yeah. is in the room with the music and it's contained and then you see the dancers emerge from behind this this garden and there's this really strong separation between the stillness and it was very cold it was cold out there, the, you know, the stillness and the cold and the breeze kind of brushing the, the gowns that the dancers were wearing and then the, the kind of the warmth of the sound and in, in the space with the audience. And then, and then them coming through kind of broke that, um, which then I think gave it the energy to, to start where the piece originally started.
0: Yeah, it'd be a very it'd be a very very different piece if it just started like that. Yes. Like and I'm and I'm and and I'm kind of glad we we did add that beginning to it. Yes. Um I've I've actually done the piece again with I mean obviously with no dance, but just a um a, just a performance here and I I did a, a string trio instead of a string quartet and I completely reimagined I mean it's it's almost a different piece, mm-hmm. you know like the form is completely different. I mean obviously the 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 types of sounds that are possible are the same, but that's something that's very interesting about this piece is that it can be so mobile and and it it it's malleable in a way. It would actually be interesting, I think, if we did it again. And just completely, you know, flip flipped everything around. That'd be very interesting.
1: Absolutely, we could just do it over but and over again. The audience would love it. We just... should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough already. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, okay. What are your What are your upcoming projects for the fall?
1: Um, the fall, I am making a. Keep in
0: mind. Oh, sorry. Cause... Let me let's start this over. Keep in mind, this won't be out until January. Oh, or, uh, sorry, it won't. No, 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 it won't be out until November.
1: Okay, so,
0: so are you doing anything in September or October?
1: September, October. No, I'm just preparing for the for January. But what I may do this fall is make um, this duet that I choreographed to music by Leah Reed. It was a a live duet that we did in the downtown tunnels in houston we did like 20 something performances of it it was very very i created the duet to be in a five by five foot square so it's very very tight Uh, so i want to make that into a film so i'm gonna that's cool yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna Basically take the exact same choreography, but see how I can manipulate it and take advantage of proximity with a camera uh, and make it into a film.
0: Okay. And then you also also have the competition again.
1: Yes. That's true. We do. It usually opens October 15th.
0: Yeah. So so at this point, it should be already open. And to go Um. to find it, you can go to framedance.org again.
1: That's right. And click on composers. Yes. Um, yeah, so we'll be choosing the music for the uh the upcoming season through that competition.
0: What was the moment or I mean, if there was a single moment or what was the sequence of events that, you know, made you figure out that you were you were going to be in dance for the rest of your life?
1: I Never loved anything more than dance, as far as a thing that I could do uh, for a job or pursue. Technically, but I think when I found out you could study it in college is when I was like, okay, yes, here here's a pathway to get there that seemed acceptable to my family and and I guess to myself too. So. When I found out it was something that I could, I could study after high school. And I think that's when I realized I could, okay, this, this can still be my primary focus. Um, yeah, I just never loved anything more than, than dance and then more than creating dance. And now it's more like creating anything. I wish I had, I kind of wish I had more skills. I wish I were more crafty because, (laughs) you know, the more, yeah, yeah the more I break down what it is I love about choreographing, the more I realize that it's just the making of things. And whether that's with, you know, other people's body or my body or a body's on camera, I don't think it really needs to stop there, but I have not equipped myself really to, to, to work that kind of creation or making with something else. So, maybe I'll go back and watch those those loom videos and and weave.
0: <laughs> That's so interesting because that that has been kind of a desire of my own for some time is the be the had to have the skills to do convincing and legitimate like installation art you know because I look at. <laughs> Again, I'm I'm talking about Mark so much, but I look at what Mark does, and I and we actually talked about this on on his on his podcast. But I look at what Mark does, and I'm like, God, I want to do that. You know, I want to make installations. I want to like make something, yes. not just you know throw black dots onto a page and put them in front of people who actually make the sound. I mean, I think that's why electronic music is something that I do. It's because you I am the actual one that's responsible for creating the thing, but it's still not really I mean, you you know, you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't hold on to it, it's just there and it's gone. So it's this very fleeting thing. There's something so attractive about making something that yeah. is in a space yes. that has imperfections and that can break, it can decay, it mm-hmm. can go away. Mm-hmm. And I think both I mean, both of our you know, music and dance, it's something that, you know, it's fleeting.
1: Yes. I mean,
0: that's what, that's what's so great about it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, it's interesting that we both have this desire to like be crafty
2: in other ways. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I am, I'm also so attracted to creating environments and having my dance be in, in very specific places that it would be a lot better if I could, myself create those environments, you know, as I see right. them in, in my head. But, you know, I also enjoy the um, necessity of bringing people on board in terms of collaboration, because I also yeah. don't want to be, you know, a one woman show. I, 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 that, that would be boring to me, but yes, but the idea that dance and music is just so ephemeral and, 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 and that our society doesn't necessarily value experience experiences as much as they experience value things, I think plays into it a little bit too. It just, it feels, um, I envy that about uh, about visual artists.
0: Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the magic,
1: but that's the magic. That's the magic.
0: Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) So where can people find you? On the interwebs and in real life.
1: On the interwebs and real life. Okay, yes. Um, IRL. (laughs) In IRL, they can find me in Houston. Um, We have our performances are always in different places, so um, I can't really say one specific place. But coming up, we'll be on the metro rail. Um,
0: Are you doing the metro rail again?
1: We are. Yes, we're going to expand. We're going to expand it, and um, now Houston has two lines. (laughs) so we're gonna oh my god i know it's
0: changed so much since i left it
1: really has you wouldn't even recognize it rob oh
0: geez where does the other one go
1: it goes like east to west it goes downtown to the east end so it's a big cross (sighs) yeah so we're gonna yeah we're gonna be performing on that probably a longer performance i'm gonna kind of change up the format so that will be coming in the spring, and then I have another idea at my sleeve, but I don't have enough details enough to um, say it out loud. And
0: commit it, commit it to a podcast. Yeah,
1: I, I, yeah, I wish I could because I'm super excited about it. Um, on the interwebs, you can find me on. Um, our website framedance.org, and Facebook and Instagram framedance and then I'm recently back on Twitter because Rob is making it cool again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I I don't think that's true. But I got this. E- for... I got this
1: email like that um, Robert W McClure. Wh- what is your handle?
0: Robert W McClure. Okay,
1: said something to me on Twitter. I was like, it's oh. way too long for a Twitter handle. Was... By the way, it's like. <laughs> yeah
0: that's how many characters is that that's like that's like 14 characters yeah
1: that's true and that counts towards your your total 10
0: percent. yeah my name is greedy anyway
1: (laughs) I got this email saying that you had that you had said something you'd tagged me or something on twitter I was like oh yeah twitter that's a thing (laughs) that's a thing I don't even know my password anymore So I'm back on and hoping to really go wild.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Tweet it up. Indeed. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.